Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Real quick, please make sure you like and follow so that we can uh, keep in touch and you can know when the next episode is coming up. Today, I am here with Miss Sarah McClellan. Say hi, Sarah. Hi. Hi. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> I'm so glad that you reached out to me and you were willing to do it. And you, where are you from? And you have um, you have something special that you have worked on and created too, right? I have. Yes, I've written a book. I'm actually from British Columbia, Canada. Um, I've published a book. Um, yeah, and I have a, an incredible story to share. Ooh, okay. Writing a book is a big deal. So I can't wait to hear about the details of that book. But before we get to it, it's story time. So, what do you have for me, Sarah? Um, well, I have a I have a crazy story um, about well, 1988. Um, I had a near death experience. Uh, it completely changed my life, and um, and now I'm an intuitive healer, and I help people heal. So, um, I want to share that story with you. Okay, wait. Is it gonna Is it gonna make me cry? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I tell it in a way that it's <laughs> extremely positive. So, <laughs> yeah. So let's go. Okay. Does that, that's good. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right. So um, I was, I was uh, pregnant with my first daughter and it was New Year's Eve. I went into labor. Um, and uh, by the time I ended up uh, in transition, they decided to do uh, a C-section and they wheeled me down to OR. And of course it was New Year's Day. Everybody was talking about the parties and all the things that they were doing. And there I was in this extreme pain, uh, hanging onto the, the bed railing, just trying to survive. Um, and then they wheeled me into OR. And by the time I was in on the operating table, um, I began panicking. Um, my I remember my eyes bulging out of my head like a deer in a headlight. And uh, one of the doctors came up to me and you know started talking to me about having the New Year's baby. Um, but at that point, I, I was I was gone. I couldn't handle the pain and I couldn't handle what what I was going through. Well, um, what uh, happened to decide to do the C-section? Like what was going on? Uh, well, I had developed shingles actually from the stress and they didn't want um, my daughter to come naturally. They were afraid that, you know, she might um, go blind from contact. Um, and yeah, and so when they decided to do the C-section, of course, I relaxed and my labor came really quickly at that point. Oh, wow. Okay. And the, the, the pain was excruciating from, um, from that condition? Well, it was that, and then it was also all of the past emotional pain that I had gone through that I really wasn't aware of at the time. Hmm, that was an interesting take. Okay, okay, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> okay, that's okay. So, so um, you know, panicking on the operating table, and then I had the nurse tell the doctor behind me, uh, excuse me, doctor, but can't you tell your patient's panicking? And at that point, I completely lost it. And I remember crying out to God and just saying, God, I, I, I just want to die. I want to die. And I said it in a way that I was, you know, completely talking to my soul. And uh, the next thing I knew, I fell back into my bed and I was faced with this, um, this darkness. 
And as I headed towards the darkness, that there was this excruciating pain um, that was was in that darkness. And as I got closer, um, it became intolerable, and I cried out and asked for forgiveness. And the next thing I knew, mm. I was enveloped with this absolutely beautiful unconditional acceptance of who I was in all my mess and I was in a lot of mess in those days and it was just enveloped me with this absolute um, blanket of unconditional love and um, I knew I was home and I had finally found that peace I had been looking for all my life um, and I started floating towards the light. So it's not it wasn't like on the movies like I saw the light and I went towards the light. Yeah, it was just literally like, you know, it was like that. And I, and I was filled with all this information. As I started floating towards the light, I was reminded that I was this beautiful spiritual being. And, and um, you know, I just, it was, it was the most beautiful place. And, and I just kept floating towards this crest of the light. And when I got to the crest of the light, I was asked, um, are you sure this is what you want? Because I had cried out and asked to die. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Eh? In, in that moment, I just said, no, I need to go back and do what I was meant to do. And I remember everything just spinning around in circles like, like, a, like a, a, you know, a tornado. And I just spun really quickly and went back into my body through my head. And I remember looking up and realizing that I was actually under, under anesthetic. I could see the, the bubbles um, in my, in my eye, eyes and I could hear the high-pitched hum. And I settled back into my body and um, woke up from a nurse um, in post-op telling me that I had a nine pound, 10 ounce baby girl. You could, I'm trying to grasp, like you could see the, anesthetics like the you gotta go over that one again i know it's really weird it was like the, i could see the bubbles like i could, it was like you know when a puddle when a, when raindrops hit the puddle it was like this like these bubbles and i could just see them and i and i knew that i was under anesthetic it was it was like an out-of-body experience of course <laughs> yeah it was uh, it was crazy how can you tell or <clears throat> at that point or from your memory that it was an experience like how how different does the experience feel from the a dream um you um you well i mean the after effects definitely you know after what happened after i had that experience um you know i knew that something had happened to me but you know it was 1980 1988 right so there wasn't any internet there wasn't anything for me to um, understand what had happened to me, but I was completely different Too after rough. the experience. Yeah, it's, it was um, it was crazy. But are you able to? I know it was a long time ago, but are you able to like describe who you were talking to, like the person or whatever it was that told you? Are you sure you want to be here? Are you sure you want this? Well, you know, it it, it was a being. That was actually on the left hand of the light. Um, it was this this be. It was like um a, somebody cloaked clo cloaked. Um, it was um just this presence, and it wasn't it wasn't like a verbal ask. It was like a a, a mental ask. 
the conversation was was mental, not um, or just sort of you know understood. It wasn't like a conversation we we're having. Oh, just kind of like in your head. It's like it yeah. was like a spirit, like your spirit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what happened afterwards was um, I woke up that night and. Um, asked to see my little girl and then and then her dad came in and um i i didn't like him i did not like his presence and it was the first time i had felt that way and then the next morning um i remember waking up and watching this it was uh it was winter of course and watching this these couple skating with their daughter and just watching them interact with each other and i thought to myself that's that's what i want for my little girl uh, what I didn't understand was that um, I had been living in a very abusive um, relationship and that my whole my whole childhood had been abusive and I, I wasn't aware of that. So the coming days, I went back into my life and I couldn't fit into my life anymore. You had like a whole change of everything. Yeah, I, I went from believing that I was the drama, believing that I was the fear, believing that I was the pain. Um, and then in an instant, I was reminded that I was this beautiful spiritual being having this earthly experience. And um, it, was, it was pretty scary, <laughs> to be honest. Hmm. Like I didn't expect you to say scary. <laughs> well, um, but I was scary because I was living with, like, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. It was it was scary because I was living in all this fear and I, I couldn't I, I didn't understand what happened to me. I didn't have any reference point that was gone. And everything that I was experiencing on Earth was was uh, was terrifying. I mean, the man I was living with was very abusive. He would threaten me. Um, he would put his arm around my shoulders and one on my chin and said you know he would say one click and you're dead it was <laughs> I was living with uh, somebody extremely abusive and I couldn't figure out what was going on it was it was scary so it was like before you were in these abusive situations but you thought <clears throat> you were the problem you took the blame yep and then after this you realize you're not the problem you shouldn't be in these situations so I'm guessing there's a whole life change that happened after. Yeah, I'm totally, it totally, but, but I couldn't, I, I kept trying to fit back into that life because that was all I knew. You know, I, I kept trying to, um, you know, fix the purse, fix him. I kept trying to show him, you know, what was the right way. And I, you know, I did this for two years and um, actually what happened was within about six weeks, uh, I ended up, um, discovering that his two children that were living with us, that there was some abuse going on. I took them into social services and they were apprehended um, and sent back to the mother. And I ended up in a, a women's shelter and then there was so much fear in the women's shelter, I couldn't stay there either. It was just this crazy time. And so I went back, I, I made a decision to go back to the house and I convinced myself that I had made a mistake. Well, he also helped with that, of course. Um, that I had made this big mistake and that um, I, I ended up going back into the home. 
in fact, I was there for two years um, before my daughter started showing signs of, uh, of um, abuse. And that's when I realized I had to leave. So you, you kind of tried to step away. You experienced a form of homelessness. So you said you were in a shelter, then you came back and then you realized, okay, so what happened after that? You, I don't remember if you said husband or you divorced, you got a new home. Well, after two years, I, after I, I went back to the house for two more years and then <clears throat> my daughter started exhibiting abuse signs and I knew I had to leave. I realized that I had not made a mistake and um, I left the home. But what happened after that was I was so confused and so terrified. I, I ended up um, in this moment where I didn't know what to do. And I, you know, cried out and said, God, what do I do? I was, there was this, I had one foot in the condo and the, the other foot in, uh, you know, on the balcony and the condo was too mm. small and the outside was too big. And I had gone to Bible studies and I had gone to churches um, to just try and figure out what had happened to me. And um, of course I didn't get answers, but one of, one of the Bible studies I went to, this beautiful lady uh, gave me a Bible. And at that moment, when I was in that state, I grabbed the Bible and I opened it up and the page that I opened it was Deuteronomy 3 verse 22. And she had underlined it in red ink. And the, the, the verse said to me, do not fear them for the Lord your God is the one fighting for you. And in that moment, I just knew that there was, you know, this, this outer, you know, being or this, you know, this source or this God that was looking out for me. And, um, you know, that, that started my healing journey, actually. Wow. So then where did that take you? You are into, it took you into the healing process that you said you're doing right now? Yeah, it literally, I, I started realizing that I had two choices. I could focus on the fear and the anxiety and all of that, or I could fo focus on, on, you know, God or my source or however you want to call it. And, um, you know, I couldn't focus on both at the same time. So that, that verse, as well as, um, you know, the Lord is my light and my salvation, my, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? And those two, those two verses, not that I was religious, but those, they spoke to me and they gave me peace. And so they became my mantra. I just kept saying them over and over um, just to have that, that peace in my life, because I knew that I couldn't focus on both fear and peace at the same time. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole struggle in itself. Yeah, totally. It was, it was, you know, it was a long journey. It wasn't, it wasn't easy. <laughs> And then what I did was I started realizing, oh, I got, I was offered counseling through social services. And so I, I, I started doing that. It didn't help because it was just talking about um, my past. Um, and then I, I discovered uh, what had gone on in my childhood that I had actually been severely abused by my father and that I had no memory of it. I had actually blocked it out of my mind. And once I discovered that that was what my truth was, that's, you know, another step to the healing. And um, the journey just kept going, you know, for 15 years. Wow. So how did you get into helping other people and so writing I, the book? 
So, well, yeah, the book was, the book was, was amazing. Uh, so what I did was I, I, I kept, I kept, I kept healing as much as I could with each person. Um, you know, they would, they would be at a level and I would heal to their level. And then I just kept searching for other, you know, people. And of course I was very guided as well. And I started trusting the intuition and I started trusting, you know, my, my, um, you know, the inner voice. And I, I ended up meeting a, a lady that was a psychologist um, and this is back 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And she, she started teaching me all these uh, techniques that were very new at the time, uh, EMDR. Um, she started working with me with EMDR and it was very successful going back in and rewriting the, um, the, the memories and releasing the emotional energy around the memories. And I started doing that on my own. And then I started, studied uh, hypnosis. I started studying um, neuro-linguistic programming, um, mm -hmm. tapping, all of the different um, ways of releasing energy. And um, what I did was I, I started uh, honing in on a couple of different modalities and I created this technique that um, was very uh, successful for me. And so I, um, I I just kept using this technique to release anything that would come up in my uh, emotional memory. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you did a lot of work to get that like new technique that you basically created. Yeah. Well, what I, what I found was I kept going back in and, and releasing the energy, but then the, the memory story hadn't changed, you know, it was still the same. So so what I what I began doing was I began taking my adult self uh, into the memories and and rescuing my little girl, so to speak. And I would go in and I would I would hold her and comfort her and tell her how much I loved her. And then I would face I would face this, the memory that I was dealing with and would rewrite the memory. I would, <clears throat> you know, I would whatever I would take my power back from that person. And because I was also very bullied as well. And um, so I took my power back. And when I started doing that, um, I started becoming more and more confident and be, started realized that that was a huge part of the healing was rescuing, you know, my inner, my little girl. So with going into, the, is that a form of hypnosis involved when you say going? No, no, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not fond of hypnosis. Um, because what hypnosis does is the person that you're being hypnotized by actually uh, has control over it, over you, and uh -huh. they 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 kind of guide you where you, where they want you to go. And what I do, the technique I do, the actual person does it on themselves, and they they actually let their mind take them where they need to go. Because when you have an emotion that is coming up. And you don't know what it is. Um, you know, you don't. You don't know if you can't put a name to it. It was never validated. Um, what I do is I take that emotion and I take it into the subconscious with that with my client, and I have them rewrite the story. And quite often, they don't even tell me what's going on. They're just I'm just showing them how to rewrite the story. So it's not it's not hypnosis. It's just me saying you know you know, feel the feelings, see what's going on. Now, what I want is your adult self to go in into that, that space. And I want you to take your power back, say whatever you have to say. You know, often there's swearing. Um, you know, I invite them to be physical if they need to, whatever they need to do to take their power back. 
and it's very, uh, very powerful. Wow. Okay. So these are, I mean, you have a practice, but are these techniques that, that people can find out by reading your book, like learn how I, to I, do? I do describe it in the book. Now, my book I wrote, uh, I published in 2016. So there's still, you know, there's another year, a few years of honing and changing since then. But, um, you know, even writing a book or even just getting your story down on paper is, is such a beautiful healing. You know, that, that, what, what that did was I, I was able to write a layer of, of my story. And then once that layer was off, a whole nother emotional layer came up. And then I could, I could rewrite what I needed to rewrite. And, and it became a seven month therapy session for myself. <laughs> yeah. And it was just this, it was very, um, very therapeutic. I, I even began to realize uh, the, you know, the, the three major men in my life, my father and two other relationships um, were ex- like my father. And um, they actually, my father had passed away in 1989 and those relationships actually helped me heal what he had put me through, what my father had put me through. So, yeah, it was a, an incredible journey to even just writing the book. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you ended up turning your whole life around. I mean, I've yeah. never heard, I've heard of that in the outer body experiences, but I think because it's mostly just on TV, <laughs> it's never been a story where it's like, and it transformed me and it made me better. It was just more, you know, very superficial. So that's yeah, really well, that, interesting. I, you know, it's crazy because my, my life is like, the book is just an I- iceberg of what I've really been through. But, you know, I've had a, I've had a crazy life. I have, I have fun stories and crazy stories and, you know, I've zipped naked for breast cancer and done all kinds of crazy things, but <laughs> But, you know, I think the most important thing that, that, that everybody can take from this is that understanding that you are this beautiful, loved, loved, loved and loving being that's having an earthly experience and that every negative emotion and everything you, you believe or that you're holding on to isn't, isn't who you are. It's something you've experienced and you can actually unlearn it because it's something you learned, right? So that's that's the biggest takeaway that I have is that you know understanding that you know you're 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 this being and the way you can do that is what I what I say to my clients it's like going into the audience and just looking at your life from an audience perspective like you're watching a play and when you're in that audience um, watching your life outside of it um, you're actually in the present moment and that's when you are really connected to your intuition and connected to your your source um and so if you can do that and i know everybody's probably done that at some point you know you've mulled over a decision you didn't know what to do you would jump back and forth emotionally and you're all twisted up and in the moment when you stepped into that audience perspective you you literally knew what to do you know you wrote down the pros and cons and you went oh okay i know what i need to do and that's when you're in the present moment wow this is a way deep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, is that okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm just sitting here like thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love the story. I I didn't know what to expect, and I didn't I didn't expect to be like so moved and everything. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. Well, I hope that's good. <laughs> thank you. 
it's good I wasn't bored (laughs) (laughs) but um thank you for coming on and telling your story and can we expect an update to the book yeah yeah actually I'm 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 Torah you know I'm Torah and I have I I totally understand narcissists I I really want to write a little book about people understanding narcissists because I think that's so important right now um and then I'm you know i I wanted to call this book, Not All Gifts Are Pretty, but because I kept finding dimes, I named it 31 Dimes from Heaven. Um, but, you know, not all gifts are pretty. And that's a super important thing for people to understand is that we attract people into our lives to heal our past. And if we can look at that, look at it that way, we have two choices. We can, we can, you know, suffer more or we can use it to heal, you know, and, um, you know, that's, I, I think that's the next book is I'm just going to talk about you know, toxic shame and all the things that hold us from, you know, our true selves. Mm, I can't. Well, I can't wait to see when that one comes out. We might have to have you back from here. <laughs> well, I'd love to come back. Yeah. All right. Well, well enjoy sorry it wasn't too you. serious. <laughs> well. No, no, no. <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day. Happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you.